Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Turn to the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. We've had a lot of subjects that we've covered in a little amount of time so far today on the show. Still got one hour long, one hour strong to go. We're uh, expecting to be joined by the great Phil Villapiano in a matter of minutes. Talk about Raider Alumni Weekend. Very excited about the opportunity to talk not only to food, but also just for all the alumni that are going to be in town. We got to talk to the great Steve Wisniewski yesterday. That was fun. That was a fantastic uh, interview with Steve, so looking forward to talk to Fu, who's a great storyteller. So he should be joining us in a matter of minutes. Got a text on the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R from Rob in Oakland. He said, hopefully in 2030 we won't reference 2016 as Derek's best year. I think he's a gunslinger at heart and suppressed his game due to various problems over the years. Sometimes O-line problems, sometimes poor skill players, sometimes bad play calling, sometimes troubled teammates, always an unreliable defense. Imagine if he threw more interceptions, took more sacks, and had even more fumbles. He'd have been ran out of town quick, like his brother. Derek's played the cards he was dealt the best he could. Now he's got his strongest hand with Adams and Josh McDaniels. He started opening things up last year, but the Rugs event spoiled it. We may see Derek tear it up this season. Robin Oakland always hitting us with a really good text. And, yeah, that's the one thing. If you really go back and look at the history of Derek Carr's career, and I'm not one to make excuses for anybody, uh, because you do exactly what Rob said. You you deal with the cards that you're dealt. But, man, if you go back and look at his career, you want to talk about uh, some some tough situations that were none of them were tougher than last season. But, I mean, just ups and downs. You have players that you feel like are talented. Then you feel like you, there's just no talent. And, you know, guys go, guys get traded. I mean, just it just seems like he's had, never had no stability as far as the head coach, offensive coordinator, so many things up and down. And then right when you thought things were cooking for him, you know, right around the 2016, 2017, that's when all of a sudden Jack Del Rio got rid of his uh, offensive coordinator and brought in his buddy Todd Downing, and that was a disaster, right? And then all of a sudden it just, well, it just never was consistent. John Gruden did everything he could to get him where he needed to be, but uh, just – just could never get over the hump. And then, of course, they had to deal with what last season was. And, of course, that was a mess. So uh, thank you, Rob, for that text. We also got a text from Allen in Vegas who said, Foo is coming on, number 41 himself. Tell Allen, tell him Allen in Vegas has his jersey, appreciates everything he did on the field and his stories. He is my favorite Raider. And, yes, Allen, we are going to be talking to Phil Villapiano. He joins us now on the phone lines. And, Foo, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Hopefully you heard that text from Allen in Vegas. He's pumped up that you're on the show, and he said you are his favorite Raider of all time. Uh, I love it. I love it. That makes me feel good. I just got it. We flew into uh, Vegas. We were here for the alumni weekend, which is going to be fantastic. And... I was checking into the uh, hotel here, and all my boys were downstairs, and and uh, you know it was just so nice, and and man, I just I said, man, I gotta race up to the room to get onto this call. So <laughs> I missed Alan, but I like what he had to say. That was very nice. Yeah, he, he's pumped up. We're pumped up to be talking to you, and especially about this alumni weekend. Over 300 Raider alumni is going to be in town. As you know, how pumped up and excited are you just to be around all your brothers again? Uh, it, it's beautiful. And, 
you know, I saw Ray Chester uh, just downstairs and Mario Salado downstairs and Rod Martin. And we were all at Gus Otto. Have a Gus Otto. Gus Otto was at one of the my main guys when I was a rookie and I had no clue how to play linebacker. And Gus Otto and Dan Connors took me under my wing, uh, under their wings, and, you know, helped me get through that rookie season, which was so difficult, you know. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I'm gonna, we're going to see a ton of guys, tell a ton of stories. We got all, we all got everybody silver and black. It's just going to be a beautiful weekend. And then, you know, like tomorrow night we get to see, I think they're going to put the starters in for the maybe the first quarter, first half, and we're going to see what we got for 2022. Yeah, it should be exciting. Can't wait to be in Allegiant Stadium to see the Raiders and the Patriots final preseason game of the year for both teams. And you mentioned storytellers, and you're a great storyteller, but with all the brothers that you have and all the guys you're going to be around this weekend, who tells the best stories and how truthful are they? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, most of the stories, and who tells the best? Uh, I don't know, because everybody's got a different slant on everything. And, <laughs> and there's a lot of guys. And, and, and every time you see one, of, you know, we do one. Of, like somebody gets in the Hall of Fame, we all go there. The stories change over the years. It's like the, the snowball, you know, it keeps getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> so who knows who adds a little spice, uh, you know, things that happened 40 years ago. And think about this. This is the 50th year of since the, the Immaculate Reception. Yeah. And think about how many times that story's changed in the last 50 years. So the stories, I think, keep getting bigger. If somebody gets a laugh out of something, <laughs> hey, they keep it in there. If they don't get a laugh, they, they discard it and come up with something else. So the stories get bigger and bigger and more funny. And... Uh, my God, and, and half the time we forget, you know, like uh, they'll say, do you remember that? Or, or how can you can't remember everything? Might have been big for this guy, but not big for you. So <laughs> who knows? But these reunions, it's like you're going to your high school reunion. You know, you, you forget who even, who you know, what people look like. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm one of the old guys. I used to go to these reunions. I'd be the young guy. Now I'm the old guy. And so they let me forget half the stuff. <laughs> and they let me get away with it, which I like. You know? Well, you know, hey, it's a blessing to be able to be the guy to get old, right? I mean, it's absolutely yeah. a, a blessing. We're talking right now with the great Phil Villapiano here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920. Now, you mentioned the immaculate reception. Of course, the Raiders play the Steelers on Christmas Eve. It's right around the anniversary of that. Uh, what is that going to mean when that date rolls around for you? Well, that's good. It's going to be a biggie. And, and, uh, Franco Harris and I, we've already done a show. It's kind of funny. And I'll tell you just, okay. Your show gets to notice. I haven't told us to anybody else. Nobody knows this, but anyway, I'm flying into Pittsburgh because I need to go in there on business. So uh, the NFL channel decides they're going to film the Phil and Franco 50th anniversary show so i get off the airplane i go down the escalator and there's franco standing there with a black suit on with the black tie 
and he looks like a driver for a limousine. And he's got my name on the sign, Villa Piano. <laughs> and I look at him and I go, no, I can't believe it. So now I go down the escalator and there's Franco standing next to his statue. And, and he goes, have you ever seen this? You know, And that's how the Immaculate Reception started with me and Franco. So we did the airport. We told a bunch of stories, a thousand Steeler fans came around nobody was leaving the area and we got going and telling stories which everybody will see and then we went and had a beautiful italian dinner at one of his places and we told more stories so yeah the immaculate reception is off to a good start uh i'm not positive what franco's got in store but there's going to be a lot of things going on in pittsburgh that weekend i'm going in there on the 23rd which was the day it happened and I'll be at Franco, whatever he does, I'll be there. And and then we got to watch the Raiders. You know, we got to watch the Raiders win on the 24th, Christmas Eve. What a great Christmas present it'll be, you know, if we beat them, beat those boys up in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, Phil, that'll be great if the Raiders get that win on Christmas Eve. But earlier, when you mentioned that you ran past so many former Raiders and members of the alumni on the way up to the room to get on this call. Was the party already getting started as you were going up to the room? Well, it's not supposed to get started till six o'clock, but uh, there's a bar right in the lobby. And uh, yeah, <laughs> who do you, you think a Raider's going to walk by a bar without getting a drink? You know, so everybody's down there right now. And it's, it, it things are, you know, revving up. I still got my Bermuda shorts on because I flew out from New Jersey. I got here plenty of time for this call and everything, but I just couldn't get to the room. So, uh, yeah, the boys are fired up. We're going to be a lot of stories tonight, and uh, we'll get to meet, uh, you know, our new coach. We'll get, you know, and our new general manager, and I'm sure Mark Davis will be there. And It's going to be a great night. We go 6 to Eight, I think, in, at the top of this hotel. We're at the Delano Hotel, which is gorgeous. What a beautiful, beautiful hotel. And I'm looking out the window, and right across the street is Allegiant Stadium. Nice, nice. Beautiful. I, it's beautiful. <laughs> you know, so, uh, I, I mean, I can't wait for tomorrow night. Let's just slap those Patriots around a little bit. <laughs> slap them around for fun. That's what I can't wait for. Oh, man, almost threw me off for my next question because you said a Raider is not going to pass up a bar. I don't want to get you in trouble. You could keep it PG, but who is the biggest party animal from your time? I know you said that now you're the old guy, or maybe someone when you have these <laughs> alumni meetings, who is the person that's like, man, that guy's different? Well, we, we, we had so many, and everybody partied in their own way. But, you know, we um, – no, I don't think any coach ever gave a guy a day off. And uh, John Madden used to give uh, uh, John Matusak, and we called them twos. So twos got Tuesday off because maybe he parties a little too much. <laughs> so twos, twos wasn't ready. We got done with the game on Sunday. We go out Sunday night. Monday, and then he got Tuesday off, a little blessing, and uh, only Coach Mad would, would do something like that for, 
for Johnny, but he'd come back on Wednesday. <laughs> so Johnny had actually a one-day work week. Now he, he practiced on Wednesday and played on Sunday, so two-day work week, which was cool. And everybody loved him. For He had his own day of staying in bed and not showing up. And <laughs> only the Raiders would pull that off. So right. a great thing. Tuesday. Yes. So anybody ever here... When, you know, you go to work on Tuesday, I always look back and laugh about my buddy Johnny. Yes, absolutely. Tuesday for sure. We're talking with the great Phil Villapiano here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness Alumni Weekend. Excited about that. And, Foo, what does it mean to be a part of an organization that takes care of the alumni like the Raiders do? Because every team in the NFL doesn't do this. No, they don't. And um, it's 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 something that you know Al Davis started way back when, and he felt very strongly about you know once a Raider always a Raider, and he meant it. And his son Mark is he's kind of multiplied it by ten. We do stuff for our Raider guys, and then if there's you know that no other team would do, and it, there's nothing that I can't call the Raiders on. And now we have our own alumni, like a vice president of alumni relation, and her name's Shannon Jordan. We call Shannon anything we want. If she can make it happen, which she can, she does. And it's it's so beautiful. I just had a, a buddy of mine who calls me the other day, and he finds out he's going to be in Munich, Germany at the same time. I think that the uh, Bucks are playing the Seahawks. And he goes, Phil, is there any way you could help me out to buy tickets in Germany? I said, Dickie, don't worry about it. It's done. And Shannon pulled it off this morning. Uh, Dick got a phone call from somebody from London to, you know, get him in the football game. I mean, isn't that crazy? Yeah. And, and that's what the Raiders do all the time. They always come up. And uh, I'm, I'm never afraid to call the Raiders and ask for help. And I remember, you know, in the old days when anybody's parents, you know, my parents went to, went to Las Vegas and Al found out about it. And all of a sudden I get a phone call. Your parents are at the Caesars palace on Mr. Davis. I mean, it would have, it would take care of you and your family. Totally unbelievable. The way, the Raiders act, you know, what they do. And, you know, and that goes back to, like, Lyle Alzado, one of our best Raider fun players at the end of his career. And, he, you know, him and I came out of college the same year, and he went to the Broncos, and he used to call me and say, can you please tell Al Davis I want to be a Raider, I want to be a Raider. Well, everybody wants to be a Raider, especially back in those days. You know, it was just amazing how all the players want to be Raiders. And once you're here, you become special. And, you know, all this, you know, other teams got nations. It was only the Raider nation for years. And then everybody picks up. But there is no nation like the Raider nation. I'm so happy to be, you know, one of those guys, man. Uh, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy to be a Raider, that's for sure. I mean, it was brutal, but 
you know, it's lasted me for the rest of my life, and I like it. Yeah, I, I can I can imagine. It's it's awesome. It's even it's just it's great just to be on the phone talking with you and sharing these stories here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Well, we were in Canton, Ohio at the beginning of this month for Cliff Branch getting finally his name called and finally being inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And Mark Davis went all the way out and made sure that uh, Cliff Branch was celebrated in the most uh, best way he possibly could. What did you think about Cliff finally getting the call to the hall? Oh man, you know it's it's the Raiders. Well, you know, with the good comes the bad, and sometimes, oh, because Al was such a, you know, I don't want to call him a renegade, whatever he was, whatever that word was, you know, he had a vision for the AFC and then AFL. Let's say AFL what the AFL and the, or the AFC, NFC should look like. Did we lose him? Oh, no. I thought that was just me. Did we lose him? Oh, man. Say it ain't so. Okay, Tamon's working on it. Oh, no, that's awful. Well, good stuff right there uh, with Phil Villapiano. Just caught a cut off his phone cut off in mid-sentence and uh, man hope to get him back on would love to hear him talk about cliff branch being inducted into the pro football hall of fame but so far so good right everything's been fantastic all right demon says take a quick break so that's what we're going to do we're going to take a quick break we're going to effort to get a uh, phil villapiano back on but a lot of good stuff from him so far we'll see if we can uh, reconnect with him we'll do it next here on radio nation radio 920 now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy q on Raider Nation Radio. 421 is the time, and we're blessed to have back on the phone lines great Raider linebacker Phil Villapiano. And, Foo, thank you so much for giving us a call back. Uh, we definitely appreciate your time. Only got a couple more questions for you, but you were talking about Cliff Branch finally getting into the, the Hall of Fame and what it meant to you. Yeah, and, and, you know, it was – I'm sorry. I don't know what happened, but we did <laughs> get cut off, and, you know, cell phones are not 100%. Right. So, anyway – uh, hey, I was so happy, you know, when, when Cliff got inducted and he had all the numbers and, you know, even in like Kenny, Kenny had all the numbers. He, he finally got in when he died, right? And then Cliff gets in when he died. You know, it, that sucks. But at least, at least they, they, they got what they should have got. Um, there were so many people, I believe, that went into the Hall of Fame and everybody that plays in the NFL is deserve it. And anybody that you know has a long career, but these guys were exceptional athletes. And, and, and you know, Kenny led the team. Cliff made a million big catches, and you know, and and to be overlooked. And you know, we were talking about. I think you know Al Davis being the the great owner that he was, and and the the guy that you know, saw visions of the NFL being what it is today and nobody understood it. And our players, a lot of our players paid the price, paid the price for that. It's, you know, they, they didn't like the Raiders for a while, but anyway, I think everybody's liking the Raiders again. And that's why we're going to kick, kick the Patriots butts tomorrow night. And then we're going to move on into the league. I can't wait for the season. I think we're going to great season coming our way. 
Yeah, I think a lot of Raider Nation is fired up. Uh, all the new, uh, you know, all the new players that have been added. Of course, new front office, new head coach, and a guy that's a very sharp offensive mind in Josh McDaniels. How dynamic do you think this team has the the, the chance to be? Well, we've got the players, and you know, it all starts with the players, and and then, you know, unlike unlike you know, in college, if you got the players, like let's say Alabama, you can just bulldoze you know, 98% of the teams, and you just beat them because you're so much better. And I didn't realize that until I got into the pros that coaching is so important. A coach can out can outfox another coach or outcoach another coach. It's huge. You come up with one or two giant plays a game, and, and, and I'm thinking of Andy Reid right now. He comes up with these crazy plays, and he and they score. And you know, a good defense and a couple of touchdowns, you win. So I'm thinking, Josh. I mean, I've loved what he's done with the Patriots. I've loved how they moved the ball down the field. Every week, it's something different. Every week, you know, they've got something new for some other coach to coach against. I think with you know Josh, and I'm sure he's. You know, whoever the offensive coordinator is and the backup to that and the tight end coach and all that other stuff. I am so, I'm so ready. I think they probably, and, and you know, Mark Davis is, you know, if he, you need a coach, he'll go out and get him. I got a feeling where we've got, I think our players are as good as any, and I think our coaching staff's as good as any, and that's going to be the difference. And I think, Watch out. Here comes the Raiders, finally. And, you know, I love Coach Gruden, and I, he had it going, and I think Josh is going to pick up where Coach left off. And uh, watch out. The yeah. Raiders are going to be a great team this year. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, we I can't, can't either. Wait. I can't wait. I'll be back here for that uh, Cardinal game. Nice. They're called the Cardinals, right? They're yeah. Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. I, I forget the names of these teams anymore. But I'm going to come back out here for opening day. I can't wait. So tomorrow night, and then we have to watch them on TV, the first game, because they'll be on the road, and then get back back out here to Vegas. Absolutely. All right, we can't wait either. Before we let you go, Fu, and this has been fantastic. We definitely appreciate you. Uh, Training camp just got wrapped up. They just finished up their two uh, joint practices with the Patriots. What was it like for you when when training camp was getting wrapped up and you know, hey, the season's right here in front of us? Oh, it's, it's, it's a wonderful feeling. And you got to remember, back in my day, we used to go in right after the 4th of July, like July 10th or 12th or something like that. And you had two days all the way for like a month up to your first game, uh, up, up to your first preseason game. And then you're playing the first quarter of the preseason game. And, you know, we had six of those. And you, by the time the regular season started, we were exhausted. It was so stupid what we were, what the coaches would do to us, how the NFL was set up. And what they're doing now, three preseason games, like, you know, keep these guys fresh, keep them ready to go. They don't even play them. You know, you, I, I mean, I always thought I loved two or three preseason, preseason games. Maybe people don't know it. But I like them. I like to get in shape and be ready 
for that first, you know, opening day to be really ready. But the problem was we were exhausted. Right. I like the way they're doing it now, but I don't see how. Like uh, Derek Carr hasn't played it down. How is he going to be ready? I don't know. But the coaches think they can do it. And I remember Bud Grant back in my day. He'd only play, you know, they, they would go in with like a week or two before that's the Vikings. They go in a week or two before um, their first you know, first preseason game. And then, they, you know, he, he had, his team was fresh, and they won. So a lot of ways of looking at it. I think uh, I'm, I'm sure Josh McDaniels and his group, they know what they're doing, and these boys are going to be fresh. I hope they're ready to go, though. I hope they don't have to lose a couple to get in playing form. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you miss tackles yep. when you haven't tackled anybody in six months. You know, you, you drop a ball when you haven't, you know, caught a ball in six months. You know, it's it's going to happen. But, uh, you know, who am I? I'm just a great fan nowadays. <laughs> I'm a wild maniac Raider fan. That's all I am. No, you're a wild, you're a wild maniac former Raider player that's turned fan. You are fantastic. You are, you are definitely one of our favorites. And I know I said that that was going to be the last question, but with the spirit of training camp, did you ever have any wild, crazy training camp stories that that you could tell on the radio? <laughs> oh my God, we had so many, we had so many. I'll give you one that I thought I, I, I just loved, and this, this. This is John Madden at his best. And, we, you know, we all love John. Everybody that's listening to the show loves John. So here's what happened. Um, I get with the team, and I go to this bar every night, and we do bowling, a little machine. You know, it's not real bowling. It's a machine. You roll the balls down. Bottom line, me, Gus Otto, Dan Connors, a bunch of linebackers would do that. And it became... You know, we would talk about it all day because we couldn't wait to get back to that bar that night and play again. So, bottom line, the linebackers and the tight ends, and then a lot of guys were starting to do bowling. A little place called The Spot. That was in Santa Rosa, California. So now, um, Dan Connors, uh, Gus Otto leaves the team. Dan Connors leaves the team, and I'm... I look at Bobby Moore, who's my roommate, who played tight end. I said, Bobby, why don't we have a a tournament in honor of Dan Connors? He's, you know, he's left the teams. Okay, so we're going to do that. Little did we know, 90% of the team wanted in. They never bowled before. So we go down and we get totally drunk and we play. And then we hurry back for curfew. And then the, the bowling tournament grew and, and and that was for about two or three years and then i play in this um a tournament i know it was a, a we the raiders played the uh rams in a basketball game uh charity basketball game so at halftime they had me as a linebacker for the raiders ride a tricycle versus isaiah robinson who's a linebacker for the um the the rams so i beat him in the tricycle race and they give me this air hockey table. So I bring it back to Santa Rosa. I don't have it sent to my house. I sent it right to 
the, to the Raiders. They sent it up in my room, and I was rooming with John Matusek at the time. So Johnny and I, we got this beautiful air hockey table, and the guys were coming by and playing. So we decided, okay, let alone the bowling tournament, we're going to have an air hockey tournament. So anyway, we have the air hockey tournament. But the day before the air hockey tournament, uh, one of the reporters asked me something. And I tell the reporter, hey, man, I can't be bothered with that talking about the 49ers. We're, we're going to take care of them. I'm, I'm worried about the air hockey tournament. <laughs> so it makes the headlines in the San Francisco Chronicle. Filipinos worried about the air hockey tournament. <laughs> so I go to breakfast, and Coach Madden comes in. The whole team is there. Little did I show, you know, so because he wanted us to get fired up for the 49ers. Anyway, we played the 49ers. We beat them. Next preseason, we lose. We lose. We lose. He sends somebody down to my room, and he calls me back into in his office about, you know, 1 o'clock before we go out for our, our, our afternoon practice. He goes, Hey, what kind of commissioner are you? I'm like, Coach, what are you, what are you talking about? He's, oh, yeah, remember, you're the commissioner of these stupid tournaments. You haven't had a tournament yet. And I'm like, well, Coach, we've just lost three games, three preseason games. He goes, well, why do you think we're losing? you got to be a commissioner. you got to have these tournaments. <laughs> I went out of his room. I said, I can't believe it. He threw. He almost threw me off the team because I told him we were concentrating on uh, on air hockey. Now we start. We had the tournaments, and bingo, the Raiders were back being Raiders. So <laughs> that's a Santa Rosa story, and anybody who was up there just loved it. And they were anybody that was on the team at that time. They, they felt so bad for me as being the commissioner. Man went nuts. But then once you get to know John, John would do things like that to motivate the team. And he would only do it to a player that could handle it. And nice. John and I were best buddies. And he started calling me the commissioner after a while. It was crazy. So I love that's it. a little training camp story for you. I love it. I love it. Who knew that an air hockey tournament could go and mean so much and uh, really motivate guys? And, you know, uh, Foo, coaches do that sometimes, right? They, they they know that they have a player with a great talent, and they just give them a little extra push, right? They give them that little uh, extra push that some guys don't get that treatment. Uh, you, you know, you're you're absolutely right. And I, 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 talk, I talk, you know, when I talk so much about John this year and when, when he passed away, and I tell so many stories. John Madden's stories, but you're absolutely right. I, one of the things I, I always say about him, Coach, was he was uh, better than a psychiatrist. And to put up with that cuckoo's nest of 45 guys that we had, and you all know who they were, and these guys were all absolutely wackos, and they all brought something crazy to the table. And that's I think that's why we won, because – we were all great athletes, but John knew how to get us to play and be be great athletes, get us to play, get us to focus, and that took a psychiatrist. <laughs> there you go. 
you know, a beautiful guy. And, and you know, and the, for the lucky ones in Raider Nation that got to know John and, you know, like, you know, when they told all those stories about what his bus course in the country and he would stop into those towns and talk about, talk to all these bartenders and restaurant owners and firemen and policemen and army veterans. John made everybody feel like a million dollars. He was everybody's psychiatrist, you know, great guy. Absolutely. Well, we know what. We know another great guy, and that's Phil Villapiano, who's given us so much time this afternoon. We thank you so much. We appreciate uh, – we always love sitting down and being able to talk with you like we are today. And uh, enjoy uh, Alumni Weekend. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, I know it is. I, yeah, we start at 6 o'clock tonight officially. And what is, the, what is the name of your show? I like the name of your show. It's Disgusting – what is it? It's unnecessary roughness. That's the way it should That's be. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was disgusting roughness. It's unnecessary roughness. What a great show. I love it. Call me anytime. I'm ready. I'm ready to be on unnecessary roughness. I love it. Thank you so much. We'll have you on plenty of times, Fu. Enjoy your evening. Enjoy your brothers. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Uh, see you. Bye-bye, <laughs> there he goes right there. Fantastic stuff. Fantastic stuff. And that, Damon, I just want to go ahead and put a check mark on that uh, whiteboard behind you in the studio. That's two days in a row that a Raider alumni has talked about the name of the show and how much they love the name of the show. That's two in a row. We had Steve Wisniewski yesterday and Phil Villapiano today. And for the record, Bill Romanowski has told me that too before about unnecessary roughness. Shocking that the guys that are a little whistle to whistle love the name of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, and we love Phil Villapiano. Foo joining us here today. 4.37 is the time. We've got to take a break, and we will. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's YQ. Of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Now, we've had a very spirited show today. Very interesting and exciting. Nothing more exciting than talking to Foo, Phil Villapiano, former Raiders linebacker, former Raider great linebacker, who's in town for Alumni Weekend. Of course, the game tomorrow, final preseason game of the season. Raiders, Patriots, all the alumni are going to be, in fact, in town at the stadium, ready for the game and just being embraced by the organization. And, man, what a great conversation we just had. You know, it's so funny, we, we, we have a lot of conversations here on the show, and a lot of times we say we have a lot of interviews, but that wasn't an interview. That was literally a conversation, right? I mean, and, and there's a difference, right? That was just us throwing up some subjects and letting food go. And, you know, we, we, we get that opportunity when we talk to Lester Hayes as well. You know, he's just a guy that will – it's almost like sitting down at the bar shooting the bull, just like, hey, you know, what about this? And just, just sit back. And it's so funny when I was in Central Texas, you know, I, I used to hang out on Thursday Thursdays after my radio show. We used to call it Thirsty Thursdays. And we'd always go to Hooters, which is funny. Uh, but we'd always go to Hooters. And, and a guy that I called Pops, old dude, right? I used to hang out with Pops all the time. 
and Pops would just tell stories. And so it was so funny. I would ask Pops a question, and he would go on 10 minutes to tell me something. And, you know, he was a lot older than me, so he used to tell me stuff that I didn't know, especially me not being from Texas. He used to tell me stuff that I just I, I found fascinating. And some people were like, man, what, what are you hanging out with that old dude for? But it was just like the stories were so great. And I feel like you learn so much when you actually listen to other people talk. It's not always about you talking. And so, you know, for me, I'd come off the radio show for three hours. I'm doing all the talking. Then I get to sit down with a cold one in my hand and listen to Pops talk for, you know, 30, 35 minutes, 40, whatever it was. Howard, sometimes we hung out two hours. You know, it just it didn't matter. It was just whatever. But it was always refreshing to me. So then you fast forward, and I'm sitting there, myself and DeMond are talking with Phil Villapiano, the great Phil Villapiano, and he's telling stories you know, and almost taking us back to Santa Clara, taking us back to his uh, dorm with the, you know, with the air hockey table in it and what those meant. And Coach Madden, I could just see Coach Madden coming through the door, busting out, what the blank is going on? And, the, and, and, and yeah, that was said. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you being the radio professional using the blank. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and to my credit, I did ask Fu what story he could tell us that was radio friendly. So, for the most part, he told us the radio-friendly version. He just forgot there was a couple words that are, you know, unradio-friendly like. He was giving us the authentic account of what happened. (laughs) That's exactly verbatim what happened. Yeah, he gave it to us real, and that's what we could appreciate. But, man, just think about this. Phil Villapiano just gave us almost 40 minutes of conversation. Like, that's wild to me. That is just wild. Called back. That, for me, when right. people talk about the alumni for the Raiders and how much they love Raider Nation, yes. to call back. I mean, 17 minutes. To, yeah, he didn't have to call back. And, and, and I'll tell you this, and nothing against you know, players nowadays, but a lot of players that are you know, stars right now and guys in the league right now, and it's nothing against them because I know everybody's busy. Most people wouldn't call back. Most people would say, hey, man, I talked to dude for 17 minutes. That's that's all I need to do. I'm out. It's time to go party. But he literally called back, and you heard him say, "Sometimes cell phones aren't 100." percent Like, I mean, he, you know, he's just like, I don't know what happened, but you know, it's like, like he's apologizing for giving us 17, 18 minutes, and then his phone cuts out. Like that could have been a done deal, and everyone, nobody would have had any questions and would have asked anything or said anything. Like, I can't believe he didn't. Man, he called back and talked another 20 minutes. That's wild. That's wild to me. Oh, man, and then, like, the stories that he told were the training camp story, air hockey was fun, and also when he talked about, like, how much they had to practice, because for someone like me, to put it in perspective, you know, like, I can't even imagine the six preseason games. Right. Because we always say, oh, that's before my time, but for me, six preseason games? Even that seems, like, outrageous. And then the two-a-days, when older players tell those, like, those grueling stories, I see, because a lot of times when people say they look at the players and the money that they make, and it's like, oh, man, the work that they had to put in, yep. I couldn't imagine. Me, even like high school, I was complaining about two-a-days. <laughs> two-a-days for a month as a professional? Right. Yep. No, it's, it's just different times now, you know. And, you know, he even said that uh, I love practice. I went to practice. I practiced hard, two-a-days, all those games. But by the time the regular season got around, they were tired. They were worn out. They were beat up. Can you imagine going through all that practice, training camp, and then, oh, by the way, you got to – regular season that you got to go play i mean that's tough man so as the game has evolved as they've added more regular season games obviously to the schedule they've obviously had to change things on the on the back end which is training camp and preseason and sometimes that that hurts players because as he mentioned you know guys 
missed tackles. You know, you see a lot, I think, all the time in the early part of the season. I always say the first four games of the season, you see a lot more missed tackles. You see a lot more guys aren't on the same page with each each other because they just haven't had that time to put in the work. But these days, and Jerry Robinson said this to me when we were in, in, um, in Canton, Ohio, you know, he told me, he's like, Q, these guys are too valuable now. He's like, I, I wasn't making $25 million in a year. So if I got hurt in preseason, it was like, okay, I got hurt in preseason. If I get hurt in preseason making $25 million, someone's getting fired, <laughs> right? So they, they can't take the chance. We always talk as fans like, man, this guy really should get some burn out there. But, I mean, that money is just too ridiculous. And, and, and not in a bad way. I mean, it's good that everyone's getting their money, but. You know, if they if these guys are out there and they get they get injured, then all of a sudden, then what? Then you're the worst guy in the world as far as a coach or an organization because you had them out there during the preseason in a game that technically doesn't matter. It's 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 always a fine line that that these guys have to try to figure out. But what great stuff from from Foo, man! That was fun. Oh man, that I said yesterday off air when we finished with Steve Wisniewski, I said, man, that might be the best former player <laughs> interview we've ever done. Right. And I think we just topped it right just after that. It. <laughs> wow. That might be the best former player interview we've ever done. And and we've talked to a lot of former players. And I'm so blessed as being, you know, a, a lifelong Raider fan to be able to talk to the greats, even the greats that I didn't necessarily get to see all the time. I mean, I don't have, you know, recollection of everything that Foo did. You know, I just wasn't around to see it. You know, I just wasn't. But – I know the history and I know how great of a player he was. Just like I, you know, I was obviously around to see Wisniewski and I was a big fan of the way he played, his style. So that was such an honor. Of course, we get to talk to Mike Haynes all the time. That's an honor. You know, uh, Lester Hayes, that's another one. You know, uh, just so many different players. And it's uh, Van McElroy is one of my favorite guys, just guys in general. You know, I run into Van McElroy and we don't even have to talk football. It's just like talking to that dude in general is awesome. You know, what a what an opportunity we've had. And, you know, the Raider alumni, think about this. The Raiders organization takes care of their alumni like that. Think about how well the alumni takes care of us. Whew. Right? Think about that. Marcel Reese was on with the morning show, the morning tailgate uh, this morning. Tim Brown's going to be on tomorrow. Right? I mean, they had Jim Plunkett on the day before. We have Jim Plunkett on the show, you know, sometimes twice a week during the regular season we had Jim Plunkett on. I mean, the list goes on and on. Marcus Allen we've had on the show. Just so many different players We've had on the show, you know, Kenny King, we've had him as part of the show. Again, the list goes on and on and on, and it's just, it's really incredible. Uh, sometimes I got to pinch myself, man. I try to take it all with a grain of salt and uh, remain the, the pro's pro and just, you know, hey, this is the job that we have to do. And da, 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 da. But, man, I get, off the, I get off the air and I jump about my chair and I'm like, holy blank, man, that was awesome. And DeMond will tell you, man, Raider Nation, now, as soon as uh, Foo hung up and we went to break, I yelled out the biggest boom I could ever yell out. I'm lucky nobody's here at the house. Someone would have, <laughs> someone would have ran, thought something was wrong, man. I think the neighbors heard me yell out, "Boom!" So and the way you jumped out of the chair, yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, good stuff, good stuff. We got a text from Glenn in San Jose on the Salmon Ash text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R Q. Ask Foo about the fight with the Hell's Angels. It's awesome, and uh, yeah, I've heard him tell that story. Just didn't have enough time. And I say that. We talked to him for 40 minutes. We just never got around to that. I didn't want to hold him for the whole hour. I mean, I did, but I didn't. So, yeah, that's, that's another great story with, uh, with Fu. Uh, also got a text from Raider Chavez in the 916. What a great interview. It's alumni like Phil Villapiano that makes me proud to be a part of Raider Nation. Uh, again, that's Raider Chavez, 916. And, yeah, I'll tell you right now, the, the alumni of other organizations don't do it like the Raiders do. And the one thing I know, 
and I haven't obviously worked on another flagship of any other NFL team ever. Uh, I've worked on the flagship of a college team in Baylor. Uh, I'll tell you one thing: we didn't get we didn't get access to former Baylor greats like that. If I talk to Mike Singletary, it's because I hustled to get Mike Singletary on the show, right? And or if I talk to you know Van McElroy. Baylor Bear. If I got him on the show, it's because I went and hustled him to get him on the show. It's not because Baylor was like, hey, we need to make sure that we keep our history alive. It's just it wasn't like that. Uh, you know, and it's not just football. Obviously, they have plenty of different sports, but uh, they didn't they didn't go out of their way to do that. Uh, I was in Central Texas for a long time in the flagship station of the Cowboys, 105.3 The Fan up in Dallas. You don't hear former uh, former Cowboy greats on the show all the time. You don't hear that. You know, you don't hear the the team making those guys available all the time. It's, if they're on the show, it's because somebody off the station hustled them up. Not because, hey, uh, there's a bunch of alumni coming to town this weekend and we want to make sure that they're still recognized and people know the history of the team. They don't do that. They don't. Now, I don't know. I can't speak for the rest of the league because I haven't been there, done that. But I can tell you from what I have been around, and nobody does it like the Raiders do it as far as taking care of their alumni. And that's just a tip of the cap to Al Davis and obviously a tip of the cap to Mark Davis who's kept that alive because – he could have changed things up and said, I'm going to do things my way. He just kept he, he kept the, 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 the spirit alive of the Raider alumni and just knowing how many folks are in town right now celebrating and tell, telling stories. And to be a fly on that wall would be incredible. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, I'm telling you. So good stuff with, uh, with that. Let's see. We got Vegas Pete hit us up. Clee Missile is guaranteed. Talk about Clee Farrell is guaranteed ten million this year. I would think asking him to negotiate his salary instead of cutting him. Fu is the man. I could listen to him and the judge talk all day. That's from Vegas Pete. And uh, yeah, getting back to Clee Farrell, I'll, I'll tell you right now, they might have a spot for him, but because he got injured and injuries happened in the in the league, we know that because he got injured and missed so much time. That's why I said I'd be surprised if he was on the roster. He's been a guy that's been completely forgotten. On my point, you know, from my, my point of view. When we go out there and we start looking for guys who are there and who aren't there, I know uh, I remember Tashawn Reed said, hey, is that Clee Farrell over there? And I go, Clee? You know, it's like almost like I forgot who he was, Just be, not because I'm trying to be disrespectful. It's just out of sight, out of mind. It's just what it is. And I think for this new regime, he would have to really leave an impact to make the squad. So tomorrow might be big for a, day, for a, a guy like Clee Farrell. Who knows? Uh, let's see. Any other texts? Oh, uh, no, that was about it. So there you go. Um, man, good stuff. What a fantastic show. I know we didn't get Paloma Villacana. She was running around town, chasing some stories. Uh, maybe we'll catch up with her tomorrow. We'll have an abbreviated show, only 2 to 3.15 as we pass the sticks on to JT the Brick and Eric Allen for the official pregame show. We'll still figure out the logistics of all that. But we'll be back tomorrow in some capacity. Wake up with the morning tailgate. Tim Brown will be on the show, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Have a good night.